Charlie, guys. Charlie, what's up? What's up? Charlie, welcome to F More Let's Divide podcast. Another week means another episode. And Charlie, as usual, with my co-pilot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I don't know what name to go. 80 Grills. Frederick. Frederick. Last week, you said you wanted to go by Frederick. Did yes. I say that? Okay, Frederick it is. But you called me Fred. So yeah, let's stick with Frederick. I can't bring myself everybody like gone. frederick like yeah, it's, it's too long charlie fred <laughs> what did go on i did bro I, i'm excited I mean, mm, why of course we have mommy and jay in the house hey, give it up 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 charlie make we pray uh she be praying kind oh why oh, not she did pray okay, yeah, with charlie hey <laughs> oh, you expecting a real prayer? <laughs> Charlie, mommy, Blessings. mommy, mommy, what's up? What's up? What's up, Paris? Thanks for and you always spell my name wrong. It's P-E-R-C-Y. I know. Second of all, I don't like when people call me Percy. Really? I didn't know this. This is news to like me. Like either Mutombo or Nanose. Do you know how I got that name Percy? My mom told me that some her ex, some white man. Oh. His name was Percy. Yeah, Charlie. I bought give you some. <laughs> I bought give you. Yeah, Charlie. This is the first time I'm hearing this Percy. I've known you for 12 years. Percy, yeah. I am a friend. Yeah. I've never called and you I, and I don't say and I always, life. And I always wonder why Unquan from me, Percy, 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 sir. So, okay, Mutombo. Today okay, we'll what's up, Mutombo? Yeah. Turn <laughs> your point. Now that's what I would do. That's weird, actually. Hearing, yeah, hearing, hearing, hearing it's her call <laughs> Chamami, what's up? What's up? What's up? Charlie, thanks for granting us, you know, your audience. Yeah, yeah of I mean, course. Thanks for giving us your time. I hadn't seen you in so long a time. Yeah. Charlie. So what have you been up to? Uh, I've been living, mm-hmm. mothering. I'm a mother now. Yeah, give it up, 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 give it up. How is that going? It's going. It's go- You know what? I, I realize that the, they don't tell you the truth about becoming a parent. It really is like on the job training. Mm. And a lot of things shock the hell out of me mm. from pregnancy to parenthood. So for me, every day is like a learning experience. Like every day is a learning mm. experience. But um, it's fulfilling, you know, it's beautiful to see a human being become themselves, you know, from oh. the beginning. He's a year and a half now. Oh, wow. So, like, now saying words and understanding mm. things and developing his personality. So, that's, that's really exciting yeah. every day. But it's a hard job. I can't even lie. It's a hard job. For, for me, having kids made me question what love is mm. like um so i'm like like f- especially for 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 our firstborn Chrissy, like i went through so many emotions because what i had in me for him was different from what i had in me for for everyone yeah for my mom yeah. for whoever the, you know like everyone it was so different i'm like ah what actually is, is love, love right? yeah you know because it's so different. Like having a child really made my brain. Like I just, yeah, I just went through things. Yeah. Like you know, he would make me cry. Yeah, easily. Um, 
have you discovered something about you that you never knew until you had a child? So many things, so like, many things. But for me, the most recent one is I didn't realize that I dislike confrontation mm. and I like, I don't like to cause drama. Like I like to just be, like follow the rules. Mm. And it hit me when, so my son drank Dettol. Ash. This is like two months ago. And obviously panic. So I get in my car, traffic, like from the hospital to my house is like five minutes. So I go mm. right traffic, I go left traffic. Personally, know where my house is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hour we were in traffic from Shoot. my house in Yahoo. And I actually had to think whether I wanted to honk the horn and be like, moon free like just to, to cause that commotion. I had to, like my brain, like I had to have that conversation with myself. No, don't do that. People are going to think. And my kid is in the back, like having a crisis. Mm. And it hit me. Like after when everything was fine and I got home, I just burst into tears because I was like, mm. wow, like... There's childhood things that you didn't realize when you're all by yourself that they affect your day to day. And now that thing is affecting my child because it's like so ingrained in me, you know? Mm. So, so many things like, I feel like as soon as you become a parent, you need to go to therapy to really dig out things wow. that could hinder yeah. your child's progress. But for me, I'm always living vicariously through you guys yeah. because I, I don't have any kids. Right. I don't know if I want to have kids. Okay. Um, I'm not a, averse to it, but I'm, I haven't decided. Okay. But it's always interesting to me because I'm a cynic. And every time people used to tell me, you know what, everything changes when you have a child. Mm. I'm like, oh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> you know, but I keep hearing it from every single person. I can't really say all of you are lying. Mm. I don't yeah. think it's some <laughs> yeah, button yeah. that, you know, has been pushed for you guys to say, you know what, that's what you have to tell the world yeah. so that they will also have kids. But it's amazing to hear you guys talk yeah. about your experiences with your kids because yeah. I've never had anything like what you guys yeah. are talking about. It's a real thing. It mm. really changes you. Like, I was just telling somebody a couple of days ago, um, I was talking about Percy, and I was like, I feel like marriage changed Motombo. And then I was like, mm. no, actually... I feel like children changed my tumble yeah, because yeah, I, yeah, exactly, I feel like I've exactly, seen yeah. his transition. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same thing I feel about me. I feel like the moment I had a kid, something switched in my head that even the way I approached yeah, life, yeah. approach work, completely yeah. switched. Yeah. You know? So I think it definitely mm, changes yep. you. I mean, the marriage changed me to a certain degree, but just a tiny bit. Okay. Like how I have to cohabit, you know, because yeah. maybe I'm about to, about to, about to, about to, <laughs> you know, but I had to shed off some things just to make room but yeah kids changed me a whole lot yeah. mm. like a whole lot right now every step i take i think of course you know every step i take i think i have to think yeah and i never ever wanted to have kids like really never ever never ever Why? on god's because i thought i would fail at fatherhood mm. yeah and i never grew up with a father therapy you know i i, I never grew up with a father my mom was both parents. And how she treated me, like, don't get me wrong, she was so amazing, very amazing. But I think because of how bitter she was, she meets a man, they have sex, I come to the world, and the man is nowhere to be found, you know? So I think she had that bitterness in her, and she brought that bitterness onto me. So in my mind, I'm like, is this how every parent mm. treats their child? Mm. If this is how, then 
I don't want to be. Right. Most single you know, parent homes probably go through that. Kids yeah. from yeah. single parent homes. Yeah, yeah. Charlie. Yeah. I my mom. My mom. Don't get my mom is so amazing. Like like quite recently, I was thinking about it. I was like, no, she was actually amazing. It's just a little fraction of her that, and I and now I do understand her. She's human. She's yeah, human. you know. So I never ever wanted kids. But the person I met wanted kids, right. and and I had to give her. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about you, mommy? Did you always want kids? Um, I always wanted kids, but I I, I also thought that like if it didn't happen, I, I could yeah. handle that. But the pressure. Do you think is a is very consistent with our generation to think along these lines about kids, whether or not it's not a, a defining. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that we're we're in a space where, especially for women in particular, you know, we're really like controlling our destinies. Women are working, they're building worlds, businesses, and I think we now have the autonomy to choose. Whereas before, especially within, uh, it's still really within Ghanaian culture. I feel like as a woman, if you don't have kids, I think it's a hierarchy. If you don't have kids it's like your value is zero. Mm. If you're not married, your value is zero. Yeah. So they kind of forced women, it's like, you have to have kids. But now I think just because of how interconnected the world has become and really westernization, women are making decisions whether they want to or not. And I think that's absolutely cool because having a kid is not, it's not a joke. Yeah. If it's not something that you really want to do, why would you do it? You know, I circle back to what you were saying, because a lot of times when I'm listening to people, I think, you know, for me, when Percy was talking about his mom and the experience and, I, and the reason why I asked you what I was asking you is there was a time in my life where I was looking at my mom and wondering these things mm. because she was such an accomplished woman. Mm. She was basically the matriarch of the family, the older generation and right. the new. right. She was taking care of so many people. At some point, she had over, like, 90 workers working under her. And the defining factor was her marriage. And I could tell the results of that pressure in our relationship with her because she, she would do everything else, but when it came to the marriage, she would take everything just to make sure that she would keep her marriage, marriage intact together, right. because her relationship with my dad fell apart. Right. She was on her second marriage okay. and society was going to yeah. tell her it was her fault yeah. that her marriage didn't work and her kids and all that. So it's interesting to notice that now women, like you say, have more of a, they're running businesses. Yeah. They are not under that pressure. Yeah. You know, they don't necessarily belong to a church or anything yeah. like that, yeah. that culturally yeah. they'll feel forced. Yeah. And it's, it's refreshing. Actually. Yeah, it I is. say that in a good way. I think it's, it's better for women to make their own decisions sure. than society to pressure them. Yeah. Wakasa, wakasa. <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, how, how was your household like growing up? Mm. Um, so, I, I grew up mostly with my mom. So, my dad left Ghana right after I was born in 83. The coup happened. He was in government at the time. So, he was one of the people that sort of were part of that exodus. Mm. And so we, he went to London, and so I moved to London before I turned one. And both of my parents, my mother still lived in Ghana. My mother's a civil, she was a civil servant her whole life. So my dad was in the UK, and my mom would literally work, take her, um, uh, what they call it, vacation in Ghana. They call it vacation, they call it uh, leave. leave. Yeah. You know, pile up her leave, and then come to London and take care of us for like six months and come back and work, and you know, until my dad got on his feet. So 
we moved back to Ghana in 89 and it was just my mom, my brother and I. But when you were talking about your mom, it reminded me of my mom because she, she was from a young age, the matriarch in her family. Mm. So I grew up living with all my cousins. Like mm. I remember at dinner time, it was like 13 bowls. Wow. <laughs> I lived with my, all my mother's siblings except one, all my cousins. It's like she was taking care of everyone, you know, um, which at the time felt fun. But now in retrospect, I realize I have a lot of resentment mm. about that because I feel like if it was just the three of us, yes, you yeah. know, there's so much that we could have. And even sometimes she now, like that's her, her thinking. Um, but yeah, I grew up just seeing my mother bust her ass, you know, bust her ass to make sure that, you know, we, we did well, that mm. we maintained a certain level of, of everything while still taking care of so many people, so mm, yeah. many people. It's, it's crazy. Um, but overall, I, I'll say that, like, I was happy. I was a happy kid. I didn't feel like I didn't have anything, you know. Mm. I didn't, and if I didn't, we didn't really notice because yeah. my mother was like she was on her, her P's and Q's. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 would you, would you, would you follow your mom? Like, do what what your mom did by taking care of other Never. people. Ah, <laughs> I wanted to get into that. Never. I and I Why? tell her that all the time because I always tell her into uye uye Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She always used to say, I'm doing this so that, you know, your generation, like nobody becomes a burden on you. Because mm. at some point, I'm, I'm sure she felt like her whole family mm. was a burden on her. Mm. So I want to make sure that the cousins, everybody's set so they're not a burden on you. But I don't see a lick of gratefulness for all the sacrifices that she made. Absolutely. Not a cent. And so me, I'm not an extended family person at yeah. all. I can't mm. even lie. It's mm. like, mm. you know, my, I call people my cousin. And my mother would be like, hey, you, hey, you, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, ma'am. <laughs> that is my cousin. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's trauma. It's trauma. Look, I, I love these conversations when they come up because it just lets you know how we're all living the same lives in yeah. different spaces. Yeah. But this story you're t- telling about your mom saying the reasons why she did what she was yeah. doing. I have a classic story that I threw back in my dad's face and he almost killed me, but I'll tell it real quick. So my dad was like that. Everybody he was taken care of. And then, you know, he'll be paying other children's school fees, yeah. going to like all these exotic schools. And I'd be like, dad, like I'm right here. What's up? Right. Like, mm-hmm. What's going on? And he said to me that um, the reason why he's doing all of this is so that one day, if I was ever in need anywhere around and he wasn't around, that these same people may we'll be the one. You. Bro, I got ar- arrested in America. <laughs> My car was impounded. I was a uh, foreign student. I right. was on, like, I was in deep shit, right? So I call, I hit up um, my dad and he was laughing in my face that he didn't tell me to go to America. So I call one of his girlfriends or women, whatever you want to call them. And she gave me like a long list of a story of why she couldn't. But in the meantime, she was asking my dad for money to go shopping for their kids to go to school and all of that stuff. And she was telling me, oh, I've spoken to him. He doesn't have money. So when I came back to Ghana and he was running his mouth about something, like I think he was going to go pay somebody else's labor costs at the hospital. They just had a baby. And my brother was going to school in the infantspim and he was not trying to give him the money that I was asking mm. him for. Right. And I just lost it. I'm like, Dad, 
all that you told me was BS. Mm. Because when I got into trouble and I called one of these people that you've been taking care of and still taking care mm. of, they turned a blind eye and they pretended you didn't have money and I would have gone to jail. So what was the point? But the point I'm trying to make is they come from a different school of thought. Yeah. That's how they were raised. Yeah. Yeah. They were very, you know, extended family oriented. Yeah. And you recognize that it leaves some bitterness with yeah. us because these people grow up to become ungrateful and even entitled Oof. where they're like, oh, they were supposed to do that. And, and they, it was, uh, yeah, nah, nah, see, kind of, yeah, I'm like, bruh, you know, so I, I, I feel you. Yeah. I know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, but you know what? I think we should take some of it with a pinch of salt that now that we, we know the trials and tribulations of our parents, we can be more intentional. Right about how we engage with extended family, because some of them do need help. Right, of And it would be, be good to be able to support them, but you support them strategically where it's not affecting your own children right. and they're becoming resentful yeah. towards the way that you yeah, parent them. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, dope, dope. So, um, I mean, you you have lived here and you've lived, you know, extensively in the States too. Yeah. Um, how was life like for you in the States? And why did you decide to move back mm. to GH? Um, the States, I, I, it's such a tough question because it's like, I wouldn't say I was ever fully happy in the States, but what the States taught me was how to be independent. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, so before I went to the States, I moved back to London to live with my dad. And it was in that moment that I realized like, wow, my mother really like was doing everything for us. Mm -hmm. like because I didn't have her right there to like, for all the support, emotional and otherwise. And so going to the States, like I literally went to the States by myself. I didn't really have any family in Philly. Like I had, uh, my sister lived in um, DC. Okay. But um, I didn't have any family in Philly. I literally got off the Greyhound in Philadelphia with my two suitcases, got a cab to Broad Street and like pulled my cases to college. And it was just me. And it really taught me how to become independent, like how to be a woman. Like I always say, I feel like I became a woman in Philadelphia. And so that's what it taught me, like how to take care of myself, how to make sure that I'm, I, I'm together, be able to support myself, not really yeah. need anyone. Um, but it wasn't really, I don't, it wasn't really a joyous experience. You know, like mm. I, was, I was living, I was trying to figure out how to live, how to be grown. So I can't really say like, oh, it was such an amazing experience. It was a learning experience. It was a growth experience. I moved back to Ghana because I had a conscious thought that I wasn't happy. And I was just about to turn, I was just about to turn 30, so I was 29. And I came to Ghana like around September of that year. This is 2012. And by the time I was leaving, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I don't think Philadelphia is a place for me. I'm completely unhappy. And so I got back to the States in September. December, I put in my resignation and came back to Ghana. And I just wanted to make sure that the next phase of my life, I was doing what I wanted to do. Hmm. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> but I was like, if I'm going to start mm. over somewhere, yeah. let me come start over at yeah. home and figure it out from there. So that's why I moved back. Like, I really believed that I, I needed to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. Mm. And mm. I just came back. No, no plan, no real idea of what was going to happen. I, had, I cashed out my 401k, so I had a little bit of money. But I had no plan. I just came. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and also um, in, in the States, right, you went to college, right? Yeah. What did you read? Um, so for undergrad, I studied psychology with a minor in sociology and religion. Ish. 
and then I did a master's. Charlie. Hey, you must do Heavy. And please, can you, you did psychology in. Psychology in oh, yeah. undergrad. So that was my okay. first yeah. degree. And then she has a minor in And I have a minor in sociology and religion. But I'll tell you the reason why I did psychology. The reason why I did psychology is my mom had four siblings, and three of them suffered from mental health, mm. some kind of mental health issue. Okay. Well, at the time, I didn't know what it was. It was schizophrenia. But I always knew, I was like, there's something happening here that we're not really talking Bro. about. And so... <laughs> That's why I was like, okay, if I'm going to go, I'm going to do psychology. Crazy. And people usually think if you pick psychology as a major, it's because you don't really know what you want to do. It's yeah, like, yeah. A, you know. No. But, like, I wanted to be a psychotherapist. No. I wanted to be a psychologist because yeah. of that. It's my running joke. I always say I genuinely believe a good percentage of people I see walking around and going to have mental issues. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but yeah. we, we frown on it so much that people don't come out and talk about yeah. it or address it. Yeah. Hmm. But when you look at a lot of behaviors, yeah. it, I, you, you can't diagnose people off of like just studying yeah. and looking at them right. off the street. Yeah. But it's just strange some of the things that we do and how we handle things. Yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, that's, yeah. that was the motivation. But yeah. I want to go back to something that she was saying about um, being in America, mm. feeling unhappy or mm. whatever. Is there a part of you that still feels American, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Um, back. All right. Don't, don't, don't you hear the accents? The <laughs> no, no, not beyond the accent. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted I know, to get I know, into that because yeah. coming off the Greyhound, yeah. building your life there yeah. as an adult, yeah. and the structure that you created for yourself, and even the struggle, yeah. it's deeply ingrained in who of you course. are. So sometimes to sit here and maybe, I'm, I'm sure that you have your moments where you're like, that's happening to my people. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was 17 when I got to Philadelphia. I yeah. was 29 when I left. So I got my first car, my first bank account. I bought a ha- like. It's crazy how we're living. Your story so much of a merit to mine. To your, mm. I, 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 I left, I got to America at 16. Okay. Same way. Yeah. Trying to, I didn't know anybody yeah. that was family. Mm-hmm. So when you said that, mm-hmm. that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And, I don't want to go too much into me, but I want to keep the, the, you know, the focus on what you went through. Mm-hmm. Were there times when you were going through that that you literally felt like the world was against you? Yeah. I mean, I remember times when my tuition wasn't paid because, you know, my mom was busting her ass and they'll, you can't register, mm-hmm. right? You can't register. I know too well. <laughs> You can't, you can't work because you're on a student visa. Yeah. yeah. You can't register. People are going to class, and you're. It's like. It really is like a grind, you know, and it's like you can't fail because somebody is in Ghana changing cities to dollars to come and pay your tuition. Yeah. You can't fail. It's a, it's such a deep thing, and I I hope that one day you get to tell that story as well. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I tell you about my cousin Trey, the rapper. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was. I love him. He's a great artist, but he was trying to tell the trap lifestyle in his music. Mm. And I was like, bro, the only story we have to tell is mommy changing CDs into dollars <laughs> and us not being able to work because we're on a student visa and us having to circumvent the system mm. to find a green card somewhere mm. or mm. marry somebody to get mm. a green card. or All these things that we go through that yeah. we don't talk about. Yeah. It's... It's because we're afraid of what it would do mm. to the 
world knowing that this is what we do, that we shy away. But until we open the wounds up, there's so many people that I believe are still in that system, struggling, yeah. suffering, and yeah. Yeah. they can't free themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. But look at Mami AJ now. Yeah. She's on and popping. Yeah. <laughs> you can make it happen. Mami, so since we started talking, it's it's been about your mom, your mom, your mom, yeah. your mom. How close are you to your dad? Um, mm. We're much closer now. Okay. I'll say that. The, that then we were for a long time. So, like I said, I was in London before I came to to the states, and my dad didn't want me to leave London, and I did anyway because I just felt like I needed to free myself. And so, from the moment I got to Philadelphia to the moment I moved to Ghana, I did not speak to my dad. That was ten years. Mm. I didn't hear his voice. I didn't see his face. And I have a brother. I have siblings who had full relationships with him. So imagine, like, yeah. like he's there. But we had no communication. Um, so now we have communication. And he's, in the last three years, I've gone through a lot. And he's, like, really stepped in mm -hmm. as a dad in a way that I remember once I even said to a friend, like, I was going through something and my dad was like, listen, whatever you want to do, that's what we're going to do. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. I got you. Right. And I, I felt the power in that. And I said to my friend, like, wow, imagine if I had that my entire life just knowing yeah, that yeah mm. listen my dad got me don't don't even think you know like it just in that moment i'm grown and in that moment i felt like okay my dad said <laughs> yeah. you know um so i would say we're still like trying to but you know my dad my dad's old now older and it's like we we accept the relationship for yeah. what it is yeah. but it's a much better relationship is he in london or here he's currently in the states actually okay. yeah he's mm. currently in the states I, I love her stories about her parents her dad she's being real about it but i mean talking about your dad and him stepping in like how you were describing yeah. to me is is a powerful like yeah. thing to have for because sometimes you're so independent, you've grown up yeah. on your own, you've done things by yourself, yeah. that to just have somebody to rely on like yeah. that. So I hope you're, you're able to sure. build further on For it sure. and then get closer. Thank you. Um, so, um, I, mean, I mean, so you have had that thought, mm, should I go back to America? Like, oh, I have, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of times, but not in we a serious way. Yeah. Not in a serious way. For me, not in a serious way, mm. because I am... Things are hard in Ghana, but I'm happier here yeah, yeah, than I ever yeah. was anywhere yeah. else. It's give it true. up, give it up, give it up. It definitely yeah. is. I agree with you. Right. Give it up, give it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so, so my next question is, you became known. I don't know if that's the right way, but yeah, you became known because of your acting gig right. in an Afghan city. Yeah. And I asked you earlier on what you did in school because I thought you took acting. So it, it, it's like inbuilt. Is it? <laughs> is it? I guess so. I guess maybe I've always been some kind of an actress uh, <laughs> at some point in my life. Um, but yeah, no, never, never, never took acting, never thought about acting. Like I always felt like I was a creative in there somewhere. But acting, yeah, if I say I ever thought about being an actress, it would be a complete mm. lie. Um, but, yeah, it, it, the opportunity came through Nicole. You mm. know, she, we, we went to school together in Ghana. And she reached out to me that, you know, she's working on a show. And I was like, initially, I, I actually didn't want to do it because Nicole also doesn't have a creative background. She was working at the World Bank. 
Mm. I was like, what was Nicole doing writing a show? Like, <laughs> girl, please. Yeah. Um, but then, then she told me she was paying, which I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's what did you say again? Okay, cool. <laughs> and literally, I, when I got there, it was the cast is a cast of five women, and the four of them were professionally trained actress. I'm talking about like going to Penn and like working in New York. Like actually all of them except one lived in New York and were working actresses. Mm. And I was the only one who had never acted in my life. And I was like, oh shit, this is a real thing. And but I loved the challenge of trying to become them and trying to become this character. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I, that's actually, I feel like my, oh, the, that's a door that opened me to my own creativity. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah. oh, okay, this you is could how do we this. create. Yeah. I could do this. I could do this in different ways. Yeah. Mm. So. But, but, but I can imagine like when you got a call to be a part of, of the series, like, did you go online to read about acting, how to act? Were you in your room looking like directly in the mirror and trying to, you know, make up scenes in your head and how, like, was it like after you got that call? I do that. I do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, same, 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 same. You know what? I really, as a child or a young person, I always used to talk to myself in the mirror, Ah. like, constantly. Like, I would play out scenarios, you know, relationship scenarios, things like, I'm I'm that person. (laughs) 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 Not like that. <laughs> Relationship scenarios. Yeah, yeah. I'm with, I, I think we should stay on that for a minute. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Yeah. No, but I didn't. I didn't because I didn't take it seriously yeah, until yeah. we got to that table read, mm. and I realized that oh, these people are serious, and I was like, yeah. oh, now I have to go and like, you know, figure out what I'm doing. Like, I can't like be the one that drops the yeah. ball. Yeah. So it was like on the job training, literally. Mm. Yeah. How did acting help you discover your other sites? So I got the opportunity for season two to co-produce an African city. And that's when things started clicking. How did that come up? The creator of the show was like, I think you are dope. So. Yeah. Do you do you do you want to co-produce? And I was Is like, it because through the process of the first season you were given a lot of input and stuff? I I'd never done that before, but for season one, I think everyone was supporting. Okay. It really was like a homegrown project, and me and her have had a relationship. Like we went to school together, and mm. I think maybe she recognized that I do have this ability to just mm. plan and okay. project manage. And so she asked me and I said yes. And for me, that's when the light bulb went off because I have fully enjoyed the process of seeing this thing on paper come to life in every facet, be location, um, cat, you know, doing castings. Yeah. Like I enjoyed that more than being mm. in front of the camera. So that's mm. when I was like, okay, I, I see, I see where I'm supposed to squeeze in in this world. Gotcha. Yeah. I was, uh, if I'm being all the way, I was one of the f- few people that I think were on the other side of an African city. You hated was, it. Uh, hate With is strong. With a passion. <laughs> hate is strong. That's okay. But I was a big critic okay. like, of it mm. when it first came out. I, I kind of understood what they were trying to do with the whole sex in the city thing. But at the time, I think I was maybe gung-ho on some, I was on some righteous cause, some nonsense I was on. And I was like, man, I don't know if this is the image, blah, blah, blah. Of African women. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all that. But mm-hmm. now that I've had time to process it all, I want to ask you, because you were so intricate to the show, 
what do you think the legacy of an African city is? I mean, listen, I, I was telling the creator, Nicole, the other day that an African city really was ahead of its time, um, really trying to speak to what this modern African woman is. And at the time, yes, the big criticism was like, this is not African women. Yeah. African women don't talk about sex. We don't dress up and go and sit at restaurants. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. But these women existed then. Yes. And yes. now... From you can t see from social media and from like the global eyes on Ghana, they exist heavily. They've been here. Been was yeah, right, but you know Ghana's a very I call us like we're very fake conservative, pretentious. Yes, yeah. and so it's like for somebody to put that out there it was like no no this is not us. Can't yeah, it, it, it's not everybody, but that facet exists. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I think it was ahead of its time, and I feel like it really set the tone for telling the nuanced truth. African stories. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think what I have taken from it over time, not when my initial criticisms of it was, was now that, you know, I was struggling myself trying to speak to our peers about what was happening. And I realized that same sentiment of pretense. Like, they don't want to address the issue. Like, you know this happened when we were young. You right. know your parents did this. You right. know, But why are you acting like it never happened? Yeah. So with time, I realized that an African city was just basically opening the lid up. Mm -hmm. You know this girl, what's her name? Um, Moisha. When she went on CNN and mm -hmm. did the interview, mm -hmm. and everybody yeah. was... Now it's coming to her, de uh, her defense. 100%. And, and I was like, oh, but Frederick... That's hypocritical because you were critical of an African, an African city. city. But it's the same dynamic. It is completely. And it's the truth. And people actually live this life. Yeah. And so we have to talk about it more. We can't really say we're telling authentic. Absolutely. Yeah, so. It's interesting. That Moesha uh, thing with Christiana Mampol, we were mm -hmm. also on the same show, like interviewed by Christiana about the fact that the show was talking so openly about sex. So um, have you had other acting gigs after... An African um, yeah. City. Yeah. So after an African City, I did a, a show called Republic, which was also uh, written by Nicole. Mm. Um, we did a pilot. It starred uh, Jocelyn was the main character, mm. and then um, it's crazy actually. Before what's the show called again? Sorry. The Republic. Re Republic. Oh yeah. Um, before an African City, I had done a short film, mm. um, but again, it was like something to do. Um, and then after that, I did a film called Before the Vows with um, Jean Jumello. And then that did the festival circuit and did well. Um, and I think that's, that's been it. I think like from the time I started producing African CD season two, I just knew that I preferred to be behind the camera, the like creating, creating the stories, creating the work. And if we're going to be completely honest, for me, like that's where that's where the money is, mm. you know, owning the content. Yeah. Um, and so, if the money is aligning with where my passion is connecting, then that's mm. where that's where I sit. Mm. So, if you are behind the camera, like, what kind of stories are you telling? Like, are you telling the Ghanaian story, the African story? Like, do you have anything specific that you yeah. want you want you want to share with the world? Yeah, my my key is definitely telling the African story, but more specific to Ghana, because that's where I'm from and that's where I know. And I think my focus is, like, I am obsessed with history. If anybody knows me, I'm obsessed with history, obsessed with vintage. So my focus is really, like, reflecting who we used to be, you know? Because I say, like, if you look at other cultures, and I mean white people, if you look at films, they have their history documented on film Absolutely. from... 
Caesar and like just time, mm -hmm. you know? But when we start to talk about African stories, if it's not what's currently happening on Netflix, then it's like colonialism or slavery, yeah, you know, just yeah. you just see us, like when you see us in the past, it's in this very specific yeah, way. Yeah. And it's like, for me, it's like, I just want to know what was happening, like what was the University of Ghana like in 1972? Like, what's yeah. that story? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm currently like writing my first, finished writing my first feature film and it's set in 1972. Awesome. Mm. Ghana. Awesome. And I, that's like, that's the energy I want to get. Like, what was, what were we like? It's a crazy time, 70s, from what I've been told. And I admire our parents because they, they were completely more courageous than we were, sure. I think. Um, but I think what I, I want to go back to uh, the, the variety of stories that we tell. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, I want to ask you, because you're in the industry, I've always had a naive or layman's perspective on this. But when we talk about the West and how they're able to tell their stories, and you dig deep, you find that there's always some entrepreneur somewhere mm. wanting to fund, wanting to help produce yeah. the creatives and stuff. And in Ghana, big man means multiple houses, a few side chicks, and houses in your hometown. Not a few side chicks. So, <laughs> do, do Very you, important. Do you guys in the industry feel like you're not getting or getting the right support from like the quote-unquote, uh, wealthy people of the town who you, like, pitch these stories to and they would should want to tell it? Listen, I think creatives anywhere in the world have a ha hard time raising funds. Some okay. places are obviously better than others. Um, but I, I, I don't even want to, like, critique Ghana on that because the creative, it's such a new space in a way, obviously, Ghanaians have been making films since time. Like, if you look at I Told You So and mm -hmm. Heritage Africa, like, we've been, we've been making creative content. But the value, like, hasn't been attached to it. And so you can go to a big man and say, hey, I have this story. They're looking at numbers and not really whatever the intrinsic value could be, like mm -hmm. marketing. Mm -hmm. Really, Hollywood is a, a marketing it's a, it's a marketing move. Like, they have marketed America. Everything that we know about America, we know through film. Yeah. Every, everything yeah. we thought we knew, we know through film, about how amazing it is, and, and, and everything is through film. And I think that's the same thing that film does, um, can do for Ghana. But it's like, if you don't believe in that value, putting your money behind it, because funding film is, I is a risky business. It. I mean, it's something that yes. I really want to do. It's so needed. Because I've written, I'm like, I, I watched one of your interviews, and one of the things that drew me to what you were saying is something that I've always believed. You talked about traveling through Ghana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's going to the, your sense of self, yeah. basically. Yeah. But also film and storytelling, it, it's... You know, they talk about Caesar. The Caesar, Julius Caesar, and all these Europeans trace some sense of self-worth to those stories. Yeah. Yeah. But Julius Caesar go fit conquer some small area like you know, um, uh, last stop mm -hmm. for Dansuma. Yeah. Then they go right time, like, yeah. conquer okay. some yeah. big place, yeah. then things. And yeah. we don't know how to brand, basically, yeah. Yeah. our stories yeah. and let our younger people feel some level of, yeah. you know. So I love that you, you are trying to do that. Yeah. And in due time, yeah. we yeah. try and find ways to support. Uh, Mama, like, what happened to, was it 
Girl Going Girl Places. Places. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what happened? Girl, I mean, I did the season one, which was received beautifully. And then for me, I just lost passion for the idea of sharing Ghana and the continent with the world because something happened when where everybody was now coming to Ghana. Like, it wasn't such a foreign... Mm-hmm. Like, when I first moved in 2012, it's like, oh, Africa, how do I get there? Like, what's there? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden... That fear, that curtain was sort of pulled down. And now people just started coming to Ghana very often. And then for me, the other thing is like there was so many women travel blogs or social media accounts that were sort of showcasing this. And I didn't want it to just be another quote unquote pretty woman but, just. But I think yours around. was on a different level. It was. I saw you in that cave. I was like, that was, yeah. that was intense. Mm. It you was, see, I'm. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. She yeah, entered yeah, a cave. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is she in the cave? Because I know who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. but I lost, I just lost the passion for it. And I just mm. felt like, I think that sometimes we're also afraid to let things go. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. Uh, it's, not, it's not my job to do anymore. Somebody else should carry the torch. Oh, know? okay. Yeah. So, girl going plays scrapped. Yeah. Um, what's, what's new on the plate? Oh, a couple of things. So my the my main thing right now is my film Afternoon Jump. Um, I've been writing it since COVID. Um, I finally got like a really amazing producer on board, and so things are moving forward. Series or film? film oh, okay. feature. Okay. Yeah, um, things are moving forward very beautifully. Very exciting. Um, so that's my main project. And then, you know, I'm a creative, so I'm, I'm into different things. So I just launched a jewelry line. Oh, name um, of it? A, a, a Duria. Give it up, 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 give it up. Yeah. Is that Ashanti? Yes. So How do you spell it? D-U-R-U-Y-E-H. Duria. What does it mean? I'm asking questions, I'm sorry. I actually don't know what it means. It's my grandmother's last name. I don't oh, know. okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. it's my I love that. Duria. Duria. But it sounds like jewelry. Yeah, it pronounced it, the, the, I can rhyme it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Rapper, 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 rapper. Oh, I hear Fred, Fred has bars. Fred, Fred, Fred oh, are you going to spit some bars on no. the show? Not today. Not ah, today. What do today you mean? I'm into, I'm into no, getting. No, let me to... give you a beat. I'll catch you on the other side, man. This bounce, I can't. <laughs> I actually put me in the spot. I actually thought that was your first yeah, bow. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could go, but I think we should focus on Mahmoud. Give it up, give it yeah, up, give it yeah. up. Give it up. That, that's dope. So, yeah. is it out? It's out. It's out. It's been out for two months. I'm actually sold out, like almost sold out, which is wow. crazy. Yeah. Um, is it online or is there a it's shop? It's online, yep. So, www.duria.com. You can also buy it at Amagana, which is a concept store in Osu. What inspired that? I've always like I've always had a love for jewelry, okay. um, but I remember when I was about thirteen, I found this necklace in my mother's drawer that I loved, and she told me I don't know if this is a true story or not, but she told me that my dad had gone to Egypt in the late seventies and bought that for her. Okay. And since then, like I've just had an intense love for jewelry, like over fashion. You know, women have like fashion or shoes yeah. or hair. For me, it's always been jewelry. Okay. Um, so when COVID hit, something I've been thinking about. It, but when COVID hit and sort of everything stopped, I was like, okay, this time is the to time do. to really tap into all your ideas, everything that you wanted to do. And so I was like, let's go. 
Okay. Mm. Did it. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Congratulations. Thank Dope. you. Dope. Yeah. Dope. 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 I'll check it out. Do you do anything for men? Not yet. Okay. I come get some. I mean, I come get some women pieces. I always mixed. I, I'm very. I don't care about uh, gender, gender when it comes to jewelry. Okay. If I can rock it. You know, okay. and I want to come show some love to the brand. Hello, yeah. thank you. Give it up, 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 give it up. So, so, um, mommy, um, so I'm, I'm asking this question purely because I just burned some sage and some palo I was like, what is that? That's yeah. like, that? That smells amazing. Yeah. What do you believe in? This, Say, what's this question? Say more. What does that mean? Life. Do, do you, you know. pray? Do you mm. believe in people? How do you worship? Like, do you worship? Mm. Are you Christian? Mm. Like, mm. what's your mantra? Mm. You know? I consider myself Christian. I believe in God. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I, I have an issue with just church in itself mm. and, and that gathering and what it's supposed to mean, especially within a Ghanaian context. I feel like it's been, yeah. it's become a thing, but I, Definitely believe in God. I pray um, heavily, and especially over the last two years, like I realized, like I, I thought I was Christian, but over the last two years, I was like, oh, I, I, I'm Christian, Christian, because yeah. I really had to sort of tap into that. You had to rediscover yourself, for sure, for sure. Is it is it because of your boy? Yeah, I think it was mm. because like, I was going through a lot, and then with him as well. It's like you know, I always I, I understand why like Christianity. Is, has become such mm. like a fanatic level. Yeah. It's like you need something to believe in, mm. right? You, you need, like, you need something to believe in. It can be Buddha, it can be love, mm. it can be whatever it is. But as a human being, you need something beyond you yeah. to stretch to, yeah. you know? It's essential. It's essential. Um, and for me, that's, that's God. That's beautiful. Yeah. My takeaway from that, from you saying what you're saying, about needing something to believe in is people take for granted the concept of serving or attaching yourself to a higher value or belief Mm -hmm. beyond yourself Mm -hmm. and what it does for you. Mm -hmm. Because if if you don't have that, I think there's a tendency for you to now start believing that all of this is nothing. Mm. And it's so dangerous Mm. to now walk around thinking everything is everything and nothing is nothing and it all doesn't matter. Because I, don't, I think I would disagree. I don't know that it's dangerous. Like if you believe in nothing and you believe in the nowness of everything, I also understand that, you know, because it's like we're, we're, we exist on this very level plane now, you okay. know? And so if you, it's like you're almost believing like everything is cause and effect. So what you do is causing something and the reaction is... And oh, I, I get that. I yeah. think maybe let me tell you ex- kind of where I'm seeing the danger. And then you don't have to agree, but mm. I think what I mean is, you know, if you serve something or believe in something higher than yourself, then you, you believe there's a purpose to life. Mm. And mm. therefore your tendency to protect rather than, because I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking about myself. Mm. If mm. I didn't believe in anything and I could get away with, like, if I kill somebody, if it didn't mean anything. Right. Then I'll be like, I'm trying to get this whip. Right. I'm trying to get this house. Like, (laughs) bro, you're in the way. Right. So I'm just going to roll up and be like, all right. Right. But I think it keeps us in a way to, when I see Mutombo and I see you, immediately I have to consider this is a human being and my interaction with them, how I need to make sure that I'm preserving 
or respecting their space, their life, so on and so forth. And I think that comes from a higher moral place than just, I agree you that. know, yeah. yeah. So that's what I meant. Yeah. But I, the yeah. danger in saying, oh, it doesn't matter. Nothing right. matters. Right. So, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Percy, what do you believe in? I've never asked you this. Hmm. Charlie, I've gone through um, phases. I've gone through several phases. Now, if you, if you ask me, Charlie, there was a time that I would go from house to house to preach. Okay. What? Really? Yes. How? Yes. Bro, stop yeah. playing. Crazy, yeah. When, when, when was this? Like, oh, like early 2000s. Wow. When I was trying to find answers, when I was trying to discover things. Try, you know, Charlie, I, I was My going to... My granddad would have loved you. Yeah, I was, I was going from <laughs> house to house to preach. Um, I did that for a time. Yeah, so I've been Christian. Now, I, I believe in a supreme being. Okay. okay. I, I don't believe in a church. I'm not Christian. Okay. Um, yeah, my life is simple. Like, yeah, I, I just believe in a supreme being. And usually when you say God, like people link it to the church, mm -hmm. you know. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. But I, but I believe there is a supreme force mm. out, out, out there. I hear you're a big fan. I'm trying to lighten the mood now. I think we've been heavy a little bit. Yeah. I hear you're big on 90s R&B. <laughs> really? Huge. Now let's get into like that, 90s R&B and hip-hop, that's, that's where I live. Why? Like, like what's, what's so special about Obviously, the 90s? It's like like, it's, it's what I grew up on, but I just feel that the 90s just like that. Golden era. Listen, the music just like, it's Everywhere. like it was Rap. a good balance between like feeling the shit and just the vibe being yeah, good. Now yeah. I feel like it's just vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> vibes it's, and, you it's know. It's just vibes yeah, and vibes. Like, where's yeah. the feeling? But I feel like the 90s, like, do you know what I mean? We could have, like, a Nas and have a Mace. Like, we could have those two together. And have a Busta Rhymes. And, and have, have an ODB. Rhymes, have an ODB. Have a Tribe Have R. Kelly. Class. Yeah, now it's like... John B. If it's not little dark, it's little baby. Mm. It's the baby. It's like it just all sat for me. For like me, I don't even hear. Who, I, I don't even understand. And last time, like last two months ago, at LA, I was in LA with, with a friend. We were driving, and I heard someone, a rapper, saying that I'll come to your grandma's crib and kill her, mm -hmm. <laughs> like straight up. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, grandma. <laughs> like not mom, not uncle, not bro, not sister. Right now, Grab. grandma. You know like no, but in Percy, even in the nineties, I used to say look, some I reckless. Just, I was just about to say, DMX shit. said, um, yeah. five-year-old daughter." He, I don't want to repeat what he was saying, but if you listen to his first yeah. album, hello, somebody was talking was, about skeeting on somebody's baby seat. Yeah, like uh, Biggie. That's yeah, Biggie. Yeah, like, so no, no, no. Yes, I get you, but. Grandma is new. Like, grandma, like, <laughs> like we don't what, touch grandma. She, yeah. <laughs> what, what has she done? No, no, to he's you? trying to hit you where it hurts the most. And you have to, you have to also think of rappers, sometimes it relies on hyperbole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they want yeah. to say the craziest yeah, thing yeah. because now everything has been said already. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> grandma, so you're going to tell you. You, you know what I think? of uh, what's happening with music. And I, at risk of us being the old the heads. The old school, yes. Like, I also don't, don't want to be that. Yeah. I think they're all, um, I guess, babies of Lil Wayne. Mm. When he was going through his phase of the sing-song rap thing. Mm. And I just think, well, they're all Lil. Right. Lil yeah. baby, yeah. Lil yeah. this, Lil that. Yeah. And I think they idolize him so much. But what that does is it took away from, because he started rhyming things on a tertiary level. Right. Where it was not necessarily making sense, mm. but he was saying it 
I'm signing like the G in lasagna. Right. And it was like, okay, it's cool, but now they want to stretch to a point where it's like, and it's just like you're saying, just vibes. And yeah. I'm like, okay, rap used to be, or music used to be, tell me a story. I can follow the story. I can follow the lyrics. And now I just can't get into it because it's I'm like, crazy. what are they talking about? I'm like, like even if you look at a body of work, it's like, what happened to like interludes on albums? Yeah. Oh, oh, the interludes were so, so dope. Ill. Like, what happened to that? Even like if you look at R&B songs, like there's no bridge in R&B songs yeah. anymore. It's like, where is the bridge? Yeah, it's crazy. Twenty so, years from now, verses. Yeah. Can you imagine Lil Durk versus Lil yeah, Baby? Ew. When you, you know, compare to Jada, that's Kiss. what we say, but. Our kids would be like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. with the old school. But did you see Jedekis on that stage? I yeah, like yeah, 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 fire. Yeah. fire. That was rap. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> everybody that knows yeah. hip hop yeah. in that yeah. moment yeah. took, yeah. like, yo, salute. Yeah. You did it justice. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Mommy, um, who are some of your faves, like, oh. when it comes R&B. to. R&B, R&B or yeah, 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 yeah. R&B. Just, just 90s music in general. If you okay, I'm gonna, I'll, start, I'll segment. I'll do R&B and, and hip-hop. Hey, so. pro, pro, pro. <laughs> you, she's lit up to this. Yeah. Like, you know, this yeah, is something yeah, she's yeah. really into. <laughs> um, I mean, so R&B, like, I was just a big fan of groups. So, like, Jodeci, okay. Drew Hill, ah. SWV, okay. On Vogue. Um, hip-hop, like, my... No boys to men? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, it's like, it's everyone. Okay. Like, really, can you say Boyz II Men without even saying Joe That's true. You know, and then it's That's like, true. then you come to like the unders, like H-Town. You know, you remember yeah. H-Town? Like the H-Towns and 90s R&B did. There's no one who was hitting in 90s R&B that I, I, I don't mess with. Like, okay. I feel like they were all just on a level. Like, Usher, I just watched Usher's Tiny Desk and I, I just... Oh, like, it, it was crazy. It was... Ah, uh, Fred, you know what? Yeah, Asha. Asha, Asha, Asha I saw the, bits of it. I see the meme in it a lot and all that crazy, stuff. Crazy, crazy. What, what would you guys think about uh, Asha versus Chris Brown? Not you, to mm. So I was watching Chris Brown's uh, Drink Champs uh-huh. and he was talking about that. And I think it's a good matchup. Mm. But like after watching Usher's Tiny Desk, I felt like it's okay. Like mm. they should have, I don't think they need to do a versus. Yeah. Like Chris Brown is, he's ill. Ushers, they should just keep it apart. Yeah, keep it apart. Yeah. Let's because just... after Mario and Omarion, mm, that was, mm. that was bro, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was terrible. And I think versus is chair. Like during the pandemic, when versus was on, like that, it just felt more authentic. We now were just home, yeah. was, now it's just like yeah. and it's too overproduced. Yeah, it's yeah. too much going yeah. on. It's like yeah. I'm not into it. Yeah. I've never seen. One fully. I mean, they played two hours of other artists same, before yeah. Mario. Same, yeah. same, same, same. Yeah, yeah. And then hip hop. Hip hop. So my favorite rapper is actually Method Man. Hey, you're kidding. What? I I I love. Why? Like Why? My, fa- my favorite I mean. rap song is actually the What Method Man and Biggie. Yeah. Like that's that's mm. my really. Thing. That's my that's my number. Uh, where have you been? What do you mean? I, how come I don't know you? I don't know. The what? <laughs> you know what? the what, right? That's my song. No. That's one of Biggie's hardest verses. Yeah, hook, hook, sing, 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 sing the whole um, Maybe, maybe, I'm, fuck I'm, I'm the sure. world, no, don't ask me for shit. shit. Anything you get, you, you gotta, gotta work, work hard, hard for, for it. it. Honey, nah. shake your hips, they don't, don't stop. stop. Hey, me, me, pa, nah. Keep on, bitch. Verse two. Coming with that old heap. <laughs> Bro, you don't know this verse yet? It is literally one of my it's, favorite, it's, it's, like, really? listen. bro, it'd be serious this is, rap this record. Is, this is strange, yeah. This, yeah. this is strange, yeah. I'm not a gentle man. Yeah. I'm a method man. man. Baby, respect it. Utmost. 
You have to be a real rap fan Fire to go to in Method the Man. That's, that's yeah. my, because my favorite. Method was rapping. Yeah. Um, Fred, Fred, if you had to choose your all-time favorite rap song, what would it be? All-time. Like all one, time? One. You know, she, she just went for it. Jesus. All-time. Yeah. I could give you all-time line, but all-time rap record. No, that. rap song, all-time. All-time. All time. Time. Uh, never been a nigga this good for this long, for this hood. This pop is hot. That's Jay-Z. Mm, okay, that's yeah, the one yeah. that's coming. I'm sure it would change, but yeah. 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 I just like lyricism. Yeah. And Biggie was my favorite. Okay. My favorite MC of all time. Yeah. Until... Jay like took that okay. from him mm. like maybe somewhere around 03. I mean, took it from him, but yeah. I mean, for me, for you, right. he was, Biggie went to number two, right? And then, and then Jay went to Jay number one. Jay went to number one for me because when he came out with the blueprint, I was like, yeah. you know, he recorded like a slew of songs in six days, yeah, like yeah, nine yeah, songs, yeah, in, yeah, 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 yeah. And no, I'm like, he caught every mm. artist catches the Holy Ghost at some point, right? Of music, and I think when Berna caught it, I, I, I even Jews, the producer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm, he made. Mm-hmm. You know, he started from Bankulize and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. I called my brothers. I was like, he's caught it. Right. Just watch. He's on it. Like, he's... This is just a moment in every artist's like, life that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jay for me is... Mm-hmm. I, I can't give... I'm sorry I couldn't mm-hmm. give you a record. Like, the, me, me, my favorite rapper of all time Eminem. is Eminem. But... 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 I strongly have, like... I knew it's Eminem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my favorite rap song, not hip-hop. Like, no, okay, sorry. My favorite song of all time... Jay Z and never never change. Really? Never, never. I love that never. record. Wow. That song made me cry. Yeah, 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 Two yeah, songs yeah. have made me cry. Yeah. Um, 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 you know, Osibisa, Welcome Home, mm-hmm. and Jay Z never, never change. But Jay Z's never changed. That was my so authentic. All time. Oh, yeah, was so all time. That's the record that took yeah. me to J number yeah. one yeah, for me. Yeah, 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 same. Yeah. Mommy, yeah. if it comes to Ghana, who are some Mommy of the cats? Mommy didn't tell us her favorite. Oh, no, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it comes to Ghana, who are some of the guys that you are listening to right now yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> ghana and please be you know frank yeah, i mean I have to be confused. yeah I'm yeah, just yeah. Like, i can't even think of one person mm. the, everything that i hear i hear on the peripheral yeah yeah same. i can't say yeah, i go yeah. out uh, to really to dig. listen yeah, to yeah. that's and that's yeah. a shame actually yeah, yeah are you into tree rap into i i like it i i, I feel it but into I also think that also means like I have to seek it out and I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't have like opinions on like the tree rappers and stuff about like the same way you feel about Method Man, you don't have your I don't think I have like informed opinions. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're I get I was just trying to understand yeah. where you're like I consume it but I don't consume yeah, it. Yeah, okay. I consume it on the on the peripheral. I'm into something. it. Yeah. Mm, you're, into, you're into tree rap specifically or Yeah, there there are a few Rappers that I put in my all-time favorite, I don't care what, like, whether it's hip-hop or hip-life or whatever you want to call it, but, okay. but Braff was one for me. And okay. I just found out that <laughs> Tombo and Mensa actually disagree with me on that. Mm. I was, oh, really? Yeah. So mm. I disagree with you on this Eminem mm. thing. Like, every time he says it, I want to fly something. <laughs> like, yeah, I love it. I love it. you know who I like? I've listened to only a few of his songs, but I can't. Like, I really like yeah. the way he uses Like, his tree is so, like, pure. Impeccable. Like, it's, it's just so pure that I, mm. I really like the way he, he plays with the tree words and okay. yeah. that would be about it. Yeah. Dub, dub, mommy, um, any last words? Thank you guys for having me. This has felt like talking to family. So, Charlie, with that, 
this is the end of a great talk. You know, thank you, mommy, for coming through mommy for Jay us. Mommy, in the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's okay. <laughs> and with that, another episode. If more, let's, let's divide. divide. Peace. It's over. Thank you. Mic off, mic off. You're done recording. Oh, this was Charlie. so good. Good, 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 man. I loved it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I listened to everything I listened to before I came <laughs>